everybody and welcome to the bloody bits horror show i'm your host eddie the axe jefferson and joining me this week we have matt paulberg matt how are you doing today i'm doing great eddie how are you i'm doing splendid actually um so matt i we had introduction to how this episode came about i put a feeler out on twitter and said i really want to talk about national anthem episode of black mirror with literally anybody who wants to talk about it, if they feel strongly. Yeah. You messaged me almost immediately and said, I'm willing to talk about it, but it's actually not what I really want to talk about. And it's not what I feel strongly about. Yeah, I think that, you know, I I feel like, I, not that that has been talked about ad nauseum, it's just uh, not my favorite Black Mirror episode. I'm, I do like the show a lot, and I was really excited to just, you know, you know, discuss any of the aspects, but um, I was really, you know, happy that you wanted to discuss San Junipero. Yeah, so you recommended the uh, Series 3, Episode 4, San Junipero, written, of course, by showrunner Charlie Booker. Yeah, just a really, um, really unique episode for a unique format. I think that, like, the first two seasons of Black Mirror, really dark, edgy, blow your socks off in a, you know, mindfuck kind of way. And then all take place in sort of this dark future or near future or slightly alternate version of our current reality. And, you know, for the most part, Black Mirror is set in 1987 and indistinguishable from that 1987, um, you know, and it's just a, almost like a time capsule until you sort of figure out what's going on. And it, you know, sort of blows your mind in a totally different way and uh, makes you, you know, like sort of appreciate them trying to take a different direction instead of just saying like, how much more screwed up could the future be? It's interesting when as a series to be provocative, you do kind of like a, a straightforward, um, I don't want to say like a, a love story or a romance story, but but kind of just a, a human story. It felt genuine and earnest. And the, honestly, the first, you know, three episodes of the first season and the first few episodes of the second season they felt like episodes of a screwed up world tv show it was a very much a, like a grim fairy tale kind of cautionary san junipero felt to me like a, it felt to me like it was a movie inserted in the middle of this series and it was like just a breath of fresh air to see an earnest love story that you know kind of has a happy ending um kind of yeah <laughs> We'll get to that, though. So, Matt, um, are you a big fan of horror? Is that like your, is that a big genre for you? Or I don't like a lot of horror, but I do like some horror a lot. I think that, you know, anything that me- meshes towards the, like, thriller, thl- slasher, that's kind of stuff I'm really, I don't, I don't need anything that, like, is a jump out scary. Um, but I do, you know, like anything that sort of... Mm-hmm makes you think like the gerald's game or get out kind of stuff anything that can transport you to being in a situation where you feel like this is maybe even almost real or possible 
and not just like zombies or I know that that's not necessarily what all horror is, but you know, I, I still do enjoy like general pop culture. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of most horror, but, but for me, it's like, I have to kind of categorize it. Right? Like, like some of it, you've got like your, your uh, night of the living dead, dawn of the dead, that kind of thing. That that's, that's really more like your potato chips, right? They're fun. They're stupid. You can have a good time with it, but I want, sometimes I want something a little meatier, something I can like really sink my teeth into. And it makes me think. Totally. I don't like, you know, just, just like those, the Blair Witch Project, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of stuff. It doesn't really do much for me, but I love Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> I love, you know, the, that kind of thing where it's, it's, if it's not, if it doesn't take, if it doesn't take it too serious, itself too seriously, or if it's really well done, I can get behind the like alternate world thriller slasher kind of side of it. Yeah. But if it's, uh, if it's not that, I need it to be almost real. And that's kind of like one of the, I don't know. Like I find myself in a weird situation with this podcast because partly I really like engaging in heady and intellectual discussions about the genre of horror and uh, maybe what the social uh, implications are that, that the director is or that the writer is trying to get at. But then the other part of it is, you know, I like doing stupid shit and having fun conversations. I think with the Shaun of the Dead, that that's like almost the perfect analogy to it, which is if, if the characters can make me laugh and I want to hang out with them, then when the stakes are raised, I'm I'm worried about them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you you love those characters, and and I think even the the things that the thing that reminds me about what San Junipero did really did did really well, and what Shaun of the Dead did really well was introduced the thing going wrong in the world sort of very slowly but deliberately um, yeah. until you get the full reveal. So you see the newscast when he's walking around the town. You see the like I, blood on the door and the convenience shop he's such a zombie himself he's walking through the world like he doesn't notice the sort of signs around him you know the car drive off the road behind him but it doesn't like the focus on that and in this one in San Junipero we're seeing like people talking about how much time they don't have left or talking about how his his a knee double knee surgery because his his like knee, knees were like wearing down, which is something that like does not happen to 20 year olds. No, no, not. It, it was just very unsettling. It was very uh, uncanny. Right. And so all these moments, obviously on a rewatch of a second or third time, you're like, Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I see. But like they were there the whole time. And obviously the soundtrack is such a huge, huge, huge part of it. And it's hitting yes. you over the head every, with every lyric of every song. It's extremely on the nose. Yeah. But when you, but when, but I still remember when I first watched it, I was like, I was getting that they were trying to tell me something, but I didn't know what it was yet. And it, so it wasn't like it, it, it wasn't like it was spoiled. It was just that it was like leaving these like breadcrumbs that were, you know, very obviously there and not trying to be like too coy about itself. Uh, you know, it really just, it was happy to play into being like a pop anthem love story and it just owned that fully from the beginning and it didn't mind telling the story with the lyrics of pop songs from different decades and i thought that was just so perfect to like feel like really make the time capsule besides like the awesome set design and clothing and staging and all that other stuff like i just love music more than anything so to see it used so well and just for them to get all the rights to all those songs which is also something that i think is missing from a lot of like netflix genre work is when they don't get good music, you can tell. Yep. 
Absolutely. So my wife is a screenwriter, and one of the things that's very difficult for her is that music is very important to her and especially important to uh, some of the the movies that she's written. Uh, one of them that she wrote that, that she's still trying to shop out is called All the Mad Men, and it's largely from the David Bowie album uh, All the Mad Men. It's very thematic. And in, in this movie, or this movie, God, in this episode of Black Mirror, should be a movie, the the soundtrack is is two layers to it, right? So it not only tells you when we are, but on the rewatch of it, it tells you little hints of what's going on. And, and perfectly, like dovetailed so well. Literally just like says it in the lyrics of like every single line. I watched it with captions on again, just to like, if I ever had any misheard lyrics moments and just <laughs> it uh, it just really solidified how, how on the nose it was. And then as they not to jump too far ahead, but as they go back and forth throughout time, like, you know, exactly where you are and you know what year the movie ends. And yeah. like you because it's not just that the song is dead on the nose, literal for where that ends up. But <laughs> it's like they chose the, and when they chose because they get to choose when. So. Yes. That's like very, I think that's very important as well. So the production of this uh, was made, released in 2016. It was uh, meant to, San Junipero uh, was meant to represent a California beach town. However, it was actually shot in Cape Town, South Africa. And uh, as, a, as a person in the SoCal like beach area, it, it looked like I was looking at it. And I'm like, this could be, this could be any number of towns on the PCH. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in Morro Bay, and I was like, "Could this be Cambria? Could this be one of those middle middle coast ones? Like between, like, is this mm-hmm. you know Monterey ish? And like the plant, even like the plant life and some of that other stuff looked really pretty close to that. The only thing that was missing was that big of a town, like right up onto the onto the sea. And you know, I've gone up and down the California coast a couple times, and I'm like, oh, this still could still thought it could have been a spot I missed, and then looked up South Africa, and I was like, really, really surprised by how well they did that. I I read a note that said they just couldn't afford to shoot in the U.S., so they did. Yeah, it's kind of expensive. Yeah, we're out here in in Ventura, and like there are spots from like the botanical gardens up in the hills. If you were to look down over the beach, it would be. Like, oh, they filmed that here. Like, you, you could totally see that. It rem- yeah, it reminded me of Santa Barbara a bit, being up at the, so, uh, mi- being up at the mission and looking mm-hmm. down. So Charlie Booker originally intended for the protagonists in this to be a heterosexual couple, uh, which is an interesting thing. It- I had read that. That's, that was surprising to me because it just seems so perfectly designed as this, this, the story that it was. Yeah, what, what it ended up being, though, being a same-sex couple adds so much depth to it that... It, it it really almost writes uh, a, a large portion of the the story. Well, it, re- it and it really enables like th- that's what I think turns this from like an episode of a TV show into a movie mm-hmm. is like that second ending that you get. Yeah, the second ending when there's two players. Yeah, you get the you get the like <laughs> life after life after life. And if it yeah. if it just it could have it could have ended you know at the car at the car crash it could have ended at a few it different places and it could have been a heterosexual couple up until that point. Yep, and and it could have ended uh, pre-roll of the credits too. Exactly. Um, so those, all of those little additions, I think, are what turned this into like pretty, pretty brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And the last note that I have here is that the title of it, San Junipero, is actually based on a early 13th century friar, Saint Juniper, who uh, was the basically what he was known for doing 
was he would go and aid the dying by granting them any task that they would ask in the last days of their life. Yeah, there's lots of uh, there's lots of San Junipero stuff out here in California. There's a lot of mission st- streets and stuff named after him. So yeah, the idea the idea of the dying wish kind of comes from uh, uh, Saint Juniper. Juniper. Yeah. All right. So with that, I think we will, unless you have any other notes, get to the beats. All right. So we start. In 1987, as you said, and uh, props to the set design, because holy shit, I mean, everything, the neon lights, the televisions, the music. I, I was, I was alive in 1987. I won't, I wouldn't say I was fully conscious then, but I, I definitely, I was four or five years old. I remember living in the eighties a little bit and I, you know, I never was going to the cool arcade in 1987, but I remember seeing the cool kids dressed up like that going to the cool arcade. So yeah, I would have been seven, eight years old around here. So I wasn't like, I was old enough to go to the, the games in the front of the arcade, which is where they kind of kept the the more kiddie game thing. But, but yeah, remember like back then you could smoke in arcades. Like, yeah, I remember, I think my parents took me to like downtown San Luis Obispo, which was, you know, pop in college town on a, we went for like a, a play or something on a Saturday night. And so I got to, I, was, I remember being out on the street at five or six years old, seeing like the eighties bar scene in in person. And I instantly just felt like, you know, transported back to that. And they do such an amazing job of it. And uh, you were speaking of the soundtrack, the, the very first song. Heaven is hear, a place on earth. Heaven is a place on earth by Belinda Carlisle, uh, which was a huge hit back then. Massive song. Yeah. 1987. I mean, I probably remember, not really remember, but like hearing that being played on the radio, driving around, that, you know, an area that looked like that. So, well, it's <laughs> funny is that the, the showrunner, Charlie Booker, he heard it on one of his Feels Like the 80s playlists while he was working on this <laughs> uh, while he was jogging. Oh, that's funny. And yeah. And he said, oh, my God, this perfectly like nails end to end this episode, I have to get the rights to it. And it was actually the one that took him, it was the hardest for him to get the rights. So, I mean, I, he, he, uh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Music licensing is nuts. I still get knocked out of context of episodes when they don't get the rights to the mo- things that they put on Amazon Prime. Um, there, there's all sorts of things right. that it's, it's, it's so important how so important it can be so important, but it's always so tricky with streaming and stuff. So I'm, I was happy that they got all this for it i think i think you know writing the high of those first two seasons probably got him the money yeah yeah you you do those kinds of episodes that are a little more low budget so you can do these kinds of episodes but also like the success the breakout success of black mirror and then timed with like netflix's influx of cash i think gave them the they're like you know what we'll film in south africa so we can afford the music yeah and worth it completely worth it totally so here we are introduced to our protagonist yorkie and she stands out among the crowd. I thought that was just a really, just as, I thought that was a really interesting name choice. I don't, I thought it would be, the way the story goes, I thought they would pick something a little more cleanly older. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know where Yorkie came from, but it, it's pretty funny. I'm not really sure. And I think maybe that's part of the choice is so she doesn't fit in. Right. True. Everybody here is very attractive. Very, uh, they all look like they belong in a music video, right? Yeah, and they, they, there's a comment a little later I want to talk about that someone makes. Not that Mackenzie Davis is like not attractive, but she's I just mean, not like. Really, no, 
I mean, they're doing the she's all that thing with her. They put her hair in a weird kind of teased way and then throw some glasses on her and we're immediately like, ah, that's a nerd. So yeah, Mackenzie Davis playing Yorkie. She uh, she goes back and she's wandering kind of through this this really hip club, like you're saying. But she makes her way back to the arcade where... Which I thought's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, because the first, I think the first scene we see her in in Hot and Catch Fire is the arcade as well. It is, yeah. And yeah. I love her in that show. So watching that go from one to the other, I was like, I know, I, I, know egg, the, I, know this, I know this character. Yeah, we've been here before. So she goes back there and she's playing the game Bubble Bobble, which if there's one thing I love in no more than horror, it's video games. And <laughs> it's, oh God, it made my heart so happy when the other nerdy guy kind of sidles up to her and says, uh, hey, uh, you know, there's you know, a different ending with two. Yeah. If you play this game two player, there's a different ending, which there absolutely is. You actually cannot beat Bubble Bobble proper. Without, Without two, two players. players. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's another thing that they did almost as well as the music is the is the game choices. Yes. Yeah, they did they had some interesting ones. Yeah, so like the, the whole San Junipero game, you can't really beat it without another person. I don't know, that that guy was a little weird because my wife pointed out guy. on rewatch we rewatched like you know, what's his point really? Like, you know, just that he just is always in the arcade and he's always just trying out different games in different years or whatever. I thought it was really weird that he suggested she play top speed as a one player yeah. game. Cause it was like, did, it was like, was he trying to play bubble bobble together with her? Cause he couldn't find someone else to play it with him. But then it was like, he wanted the machine for himself. So he's like, Hey, would yeah. you enjoy top speed more? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he had somebody else in the wings that was going to play bubble bobble with him. He's yeah. Like, just get you he, off the fucking machine. It, yeah. It seemed like, it seemed like at first I thought he was hitting on her, but then it seemed like she was in the way. And I was, I just a little bit, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know how to quite dissect what that guy did or yeah, mean. And then he suggests that she play top speed, which is your classic like outrun style racing game, and very clearly like one player, unless you wanted to like yeah. watch her play it or something. But then why would he just play it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we see the uh, red car is driving, and it kind of veers off the road, and it smashes into a building with all the extra sound effects. Yeah. And jar her Jim, out of the she just has to leave the arcade at that point right yeah it bothers her she she's like nah you know i gotta i gotta go i gotta go do something a great <laughs> like, a great a great moment on the rewatch as well <laughs> yeah yeah because it 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 all pays off i mean they have a um they use their words and their scenes very very wisely in this episode everything kind of folds together except for him wanting to get it off bubble bob yeah that but, that part that's the only part that didn't like that <laughs> That's what I. That's what I just kept thinking back to. I was like, I, every single line has its place, and every place has its thing. And that the bubble bubble guy, he just maybe, he was just maybe, maybe continuity maybe through time. Yeah, maybe eventually we'll see like a uh, a sequel to this one, and it's his story. That would be an amazing feat to sort of grapple another story into this world without screwing it up too much. And, I mean, they they introduce a lot of similar elements into other episodes. But that's true. There's yeah. So. She leaves. She can't do that at all. And she goes, sits down, and is uh, just, just you know, enjoying the scenery when all of a sudden, our second protagonist, I would say, because we do a little bit of this shifting back and forth, uh, Kelly approaches her. Yeah, so we see her sort of, we just sort of shift fully to her, right? We're not like watching Kelly, we're not watching Yorkie watch Kelly, we're just no. watching Kelly, right? 
we are watching Kelly, and Kelly is being bothered by Wes. Yeah, and this is, I think, this is the first uh, hint as to that this is a different world. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's the, I think him, Wes, saying, Wes talking about running out of time in such a weird way mm-hmm. is the first, like, like, we only have a few hours left. Come on, let's. Yeah, going on. And, it, and it's not like in a, we've got a curfew before our parents will be mad or some sort, you know, right. it's, it's, it's clearly not the way that these people would talk at this age in 1987. No, it's more like Godzilla is going to be outside in two hours. So yeah. So that, hurry. And since it's black mirror, your, your brain's like, okay, what is time left? If this is when the robot dogs are out hunting for humans. Right, so right, right. What, what, what is messed up about this world? Why is he talking about yeah. time like that? And that was like the first, that was what I clocked as the first maybe overt reference to something being a myth. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Kelly, like, oh, I gotta, I'm not into this. She, she walks over to uh, Yorkie and says, look, just go along with what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Yorkie's like, what? I don't know. Whatever. So uh, Kelly says, look, um, I, I gotta go here with my friend here. Uh, she's sick. Only she's got- six months to live or. Yeah, and she she uh, she chimes and says, "No, actually, five months. I've only got five months." That was just like a great first bonding moment to where that they could yeah. instantly like sync up and get on the same page with, you know, without even knowing each other. They instantly yeah. knew that they had like a connection there that they were able to sort of vibe immediately. Mm-hmm. The two uh, uh, strangers were uh, co-conspirator. Yeah, exactly. So uh, then Kelly says, "Oh, thank God! You know, we got rid of this dude. I met him at the Quagmire. I mean, you you know what that's like, right?" But Yorkies, no. no idea. Never heard of the Quagmire. And then it's so Qu- yeah, Quagmire is point two. Uh, <laughs> yep, where you're like, oh, that's where the robot dogs live. Yeah, that's that's where they. Uh, uh, what was it? The White Bear episode. That's where they they hunt people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. So Yorkie's like, yeah, never never heard of it. And Kelly says, all right, I'm going to get you a drink, and uh, we'll get a couple of uh, Jack and Cokes. Uh, two. Give me give me two Jack and Coke. And Yorkie's like, I, I don't know about that. I've never, I don't really do alcohol. I've never done that. Yeah, I get, at first I was confused there. I was like, why would, how would she even know to not want it? Right. And also, you know, like, I mean, I guess it's just to reinforce that she's, like, new to the world. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a tourist, after all. Right, but also, like, I don't, like, would she know enough to not get what the other person is having? Or, like, take out the alcohol, or even what Jack is? Or, like... Yeah, well, when we get to her actual backstory, that, that, that's a little challenging. But but I don't know, maybe maybe she was just had some sense of awareness. So, Kelly then compliments her and says, hey, I love the way you look. You look very authentic. You don't look like everybody else here. You kind of have your own thing going on. And she goes in those glasses like you know you don't need them i mean yeah that's yeah definitely another point towards the oh yorkie's like yeah you're right they're they're fake lenses they don't do anything they're uh i i just i I used to wear them and and they make me feel comfortable yeah and at this point i still didn't i still when i first watched it did not get that you really didn't need glasses at this point like that yeah you're trying to soak in what's going on here and it's uh i mean you're being presented with a lot of things and like you said you're you're already on the balls of your feet because it's a black mirror episode so yeah who the, who, and then, who the hell knows what's going on and then they sort of got into that like uh everyone dancing how like or everyone dressing how they think they should like should look like someone they saw in a movie exactly and how like she's not doing that so like she's different 
and yeah. it she stands out for like a different like a different reason than other people are trying to stand out right which makes sense right like you go to any sort of like club scene or anything like that and you're going to see a lot of people that are like okay i'm putting on my my uniform yeah right? exactly my whether it's the quagmire or whether it's a pop pop rock concert or anything in between it there's there's yep. like a dress code so she's clearly not giving into that or doesn't know or doesn't care either way it's something that stands out and it's unique so she asks yorkie hey do you live here are you a tourist and yorkie says well not only am i a uh, not only am i a tourist but it's it's actually my first day here yeah so now you're like thinking vacation town yeah sort of party island or you know some other sort of situation like mm-hmm. they clearly don't they clearly look at the locals as like a different kind of person, but I don't, we don't really aren't distinct. We don't have a distinguishing, we don't have any distinguishing characteristics other other than live here versus tourists. Yeah. Yeah. It does stand out a little bit, but we're not sure why. And then all of a sudden Kelly's favorite song comes up. Oh yeah. What song, what song was that? I didn't write it down. That is the song Fate. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) By, um, Trying to look up who it was by Alexander O'Neill. Fake comes on, and Kelly says, "Oh, this is you know, this is my song. Let's let's go dance. Come on, let's let's go dance." And Yorkie's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, clearly visibly uptight. Uh, not the look, I, I don't want to embarrass myself. I'm not a good dancer. Yeah, not the Mackenzie Davis we know from Halt and Catch Fire. She's <laughs> nerdy in the other direction, and yeah, but she gets drug onto the dance floor and doesn't really know what she's doing kelly says look just just mirror what i'm doing just do the moves i'm doing back at me and it's all good but yorkie starts kind of freaking out she's looking around and we see from her perspective everyone is staring at her right looking at her but But, it's not for the reasons she thinks right yeah so so she starts having like a panic attack and runs out. Like I, I gotta like sneak out of here while while Kelly's turned around and, and danced. So Yorkie's outside and we notice that now it's raining. And Kelly goes looking around the club to to try to find Yorkie. Like, hey, hey, where'd you go? You know, and Yorkie walks outside and sees Kelly standing around in the rain. I thought the rain was a really nice touch to sort of throw you off from the like perfection simulation. That we'll find out this is, yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That was like because later on we find out that things really don't go wrong. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I mean, I guess rain isn't necessarily something wrong, but you would think that inclement weather wouldn't be something you would choose when you're picking out your avatar. Right. Right. It's uh... so then. It, so I was maybe even thinking that when they were talking about like you know time left and they're only getting these like Saturday nights once a week, but then it's raining. That's mm-hmm. you know that's why would it why would it rain if that's you only get four hours yeah but i mean what if you feel sad what if you you go outside you feel sad and you and get your like, own you charlie brown cloud <laughs> yeah you get your own little charlie brown cloud over your head and that that's kind of what happens and kelly follows her out there is you know yorkie what's wrong and and, and and yorkie says look i feel weird because everybody was looking at us because you know we're two girls that are dancing and everyone was watching yeah and like would she say something like, "Don't worry, like folks are way less uptight than they used to be," or like, yeah, she, yeah she's like, "No one's that uptight anymore." Like that, like I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, "Uh, I think they were in 1987." <laughs> yeah, 87. They were pretty uptight still. And uh, th- that gets into like a pretty cool theme that I thought this brought on, but it will, I'll talk about that later. But I just think that okay. like 
just think that like you know screwing with you know what people would have thought in 87 versus what they are thinking in this how that well i could tell you just from my own history like i used to watch uh saturday night live i grew up in in rural kind of the pacific northwest and we used to tape saturday night live and watch it uh every sunday morning because it was late and i was a kid so then um, I remember that one morning we woke up, we were watching it, and John Goodman was the host. And the premise of the sketch was that this kid came out to his dad. as He says, I'm gay, right? And John Goodman's character is like, well, it's okay if you're gay. Just go out there and win the football game. And I remember my father said, well, we're done watching Saturday Night Live now because this guy just told his son oh, wow. that it's okay to be gay and we can't. We're not into that. Wow. And so, and so it's like, and that, that was like maybe even a little after 87. So it definitely was an era where that was not okay <laughs> Yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah. And even if you like, I feel like my family was pretty progressive in that regard, but like we still went to church and that was not okay. And gay marriage was not legal. Right. It definitely like was not anywhere near part of the dialogue as it terms of, you know, open PDA and sort of straight spaces is being accepted. Much better times now, though, in some regards. Yeah, I mean, we. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we've made progress. It's not we're, never, never we're done. getting there. Two steps forward, one step back. We're we're getting so. She, Kelly asks Yorkie, "Well, have you ever even danced before?" And Yorkie says, "No, I I kind of led like a sheltered existence. I've never even danced." And Kelly said, "Look, I mean, this is like a." party town that's the whole idea out here right yeah and that's also like a thing where you think did she you know she chose to go to this party town for the first time she's right come, even even if you don't know the twist of it she's clearly mm -hmm. she's clearly traveled to this specific place for this specific so right she's, she's got dipping she should, her toes so she it. should do she should do this thing like you went yeah. to Ibiza, you should go to a club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's the point otherwise? <laughs> like so what, Kelly what? says, yeah. by the way, you want to go to bed with me? And Yorkie's like, whoa, I, I don't know about all that. I don't know if I'm ready. And they were fast friends, like you said, the strangers turned co-conspirators. But yeah. that was still yeah. really quick. It was really quick. But I mean, like you could tell, and, and this That's, is like shouts tell that... out to the acting. Yeah. It definitely appeared that there was chemistry here. Oh yeah, right away. Like the incredible acting. They just the way that they were looking at each other, it was like mm -hmm. you know, that's very, very real. Yeah. So Yorkie says, I, I can't do that. Thank you very much. She's like very antiquatedly polite about it, which is so yeah, weird. I didn't I didn't even think about that until you just said that now, but how she's like Well, while I appreciate your offer, madam, unfortunately I have a prior yeah, engagement. You're right. That was so like, I don't know, elderly. Although, it was very it was very kind though. It was yeah. very Yeah, I guess that doesn't I, have to necessarily equate with elderly, but what I equated it to is like anytime you get rejected, it fucking sucks. And I don't know how you could reject somebody like sexually and be like yeah, but we're still cool, right? You know? <laughs> and yeah. that's literally what she was trying to do here. Yeah, that was, I think that was just another way, I guess, of showing her sort of social awkwardness and lack of mm -hmm. development in that area. Is that like, oh, no, that, yeah. thank you. That's that's enough for me. Fine. So 
now we flash uh to uh one moment sorry do we just bleep out at this point or do we i believe yeah this is when we bleep out and we come back a week later yeah so she's like all right i'm gonna go get this girl i yeah i'm gonna put on this outfit oh and god this song. And i love this i love the montage how they hit the right song for the outfit that she's dressing for for like each yeah. one so she's like, am I going to be a bangle? Am I going to be a Cindy Lauper? Am I going to be a this? Am I going to like, and each one, it just like hits. And she really like ends up saying, you know what? I'm going to be myself. <laughs> yeah. After like the, the uh, Robert Palmer addicted to love, I think is the last one that pops up. And she's like literally wearing the outfit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Background. It's from the video, right? <laughs> Yeah, she's wearing one of the outfits from the background dancers from from the video Robert Palmer Addicted to Love. But yeah, you're right. Then she just goes back to she's like, you know what? I'm me. I'm just gonna be me. And she's like, and I, you know, I thought that was really cool because she was like, that girl wanted to sleep with me. Yeah, I was the one wearing the glasses and the like tennis outfit or golf golf clothes or whatever. The like, <laughs> yeah, the weird stripes like. And then the khaki, um, khaki shorts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Look, man, you already have the winning recipe. Why fuck with it? Yeah, exactly. She's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe, maybe that girl doesn't want to sleep with the addicted to love girl. Maybe not. I don't know. She she picked you. Let's uh, let's give All her right. another shot. We're gonna go back and try that again. Uh, take two. Take two. So, uh, Yorkie goes back to the the club to to meet with kelly and uh well we find out that kelly is there and wes is stalking her yet again and says uh she 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 actually breaks it down to Wes. she's like look man it was just sex i was just having a good time that's why i'm here i'm here to have a good time and i'm sorry but i don't i don't really want a relationship if you're looking for something more or if you just want to go get sex go to the quagmire i'm i'm not into it does she say, uh, I'm, don't make me red light you here? Or was that, was that earlier? Uh, yes, this is where she says, don't make me red light you. And I'm like, was that an 80s phrase that I didn't remember? Or, you know, like, th- I, I know it's part of, probably part of the, the, the world. But, you know. I, yeah, it's I, just. It's just close enough to maybe it was right. 80s slang where I thought that, you know, that, that they were, you know, trying to incorporate some of that. Or if they were talking about some sort of external function that would affect their relationship in San Junipero. It's just, it's just vague enough, but it does sound like you said, like some sort of an 80s slang. So he doesn't want that. He wants something real. And is it, is addicted just love still playing when we, when we see Wes again? Cause I think that I was, believe that's so, part yeah. of his theme, I, right? Like, I believe it is like, like bleeding over a little bit. Yeah. Into this so that, scene. and I was like, that's, that's sort of like Wes's soundtrack for this. Yeah. <laughs> for real. And he says, look, man, I don't want that. The locals are all too boring. So another little reference to, to the difference between a visitor and a local. Okay, no problem. Totally. So we're back to the club. And now, um, now it's a on, young... right? <laughs> What's that? Now it's on. Now it's on. So now we see Kelly, though, and she's sitting there talking to another young man. And, and I believe this is the scene you were talking about where the, the uh, young man is telling her about how he wore his knees down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that was and, what I was thinking. And had to get them replaced. And this is such a like if you don't wait a minute. If you don't like know or are close with 70, 80 year olds, like you might mm-hmm. not have exposure to like that being a conversation, but a thing. Yeah. But but if you have that conversation jumps out glaringly. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's just, it's anachronistic. You're like, what, what what's going on here? Some, something's up. So Yorkie sees her and Kelly says, hey, uh, look, man, I got to, you, you want to go dance? And you get the feeling like, is Kelly trying to make Yorkie jealous? Uh, what's, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. You, you could tell she was like still not 100% after being rejected, but. Yeah, that sucks. That hurts. Didn't, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know which way it was going at this point. I didn't know if she was going to continue to sort of put her off, or if they were going to, you know, if she was going to try to antagonize her a bit before getting back. Yeah, but uh, it didn't didn't work out that way because Kelly didn't, excuses didn't last herself. Very long. <laughs> no, because Kelly excuses herself to the bathroom, and Yorkie follows her in there, and then so now, Yorkie has the t- chance to take the lead, but in a way that says, "I need you to take." The, which yeah. I I thought that was really smart of her to say, like, you yeah. know what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything, so she, yeah, I just know that I want you. She says, I, I want to do this, but I don't know how. So you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to show me how to do this. Which I think Which is such it a- instantly tells Kelly that she, it wasn't her fault. The way, Things didn't go the way she wanted the week before. Right. And instantly sort of absolves Yor- Yorkie of any guilt or guilt that she should right. feel in Kelly's mind for sort of rejecting her, even though they clearly had a thing. And that paired with the getting dressed up montage paired with the, it's a week later, just in my mind, the first time I'm watching this, I'm like, she rehearsed this. She worked her ass off. She wanted to know exactly the perfect thing to say. Yeah. She'd be like, look, she's been practicing that line in the mirror for a week. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. And we've all been there, right? <laughs> like uh, playing handball about like, here's, here's the, oh God, that, that person that I'm into, here's the thing I'm going to say to them. If the they next do time this, I'm going to say this. If they do this, I'm going to say this. Uh, Options it was and so, directions. It's, it's so, so human. Holy. Oh, man. So Kelly's like, sure. All right, let's go get in my car and we'll get the fuck out of here. And they do. They jump in Kelly's car and Kelly drives them off into the sunset as they then are having fun talking to each other and Kelly kind of isn't really paying very close attention to the road. Yeah, that was reminded me of the top speed. It did. Yeah, because she almost gets into a head-on collision with another car. And it's literally like the almost like the same car and color and road and everything as that game and so I thought that was sort of maybe an allusion to that that one, but Mhm. Just a little red convertible two-door and yeah, they uh, they almost get in a wreck. They swerve. They veer off of the road. It the way yeah. it sort of was cut, it made me think that it was almost where they were going to turn off the road and drive off road anyways to get to the beach house. It was yeah, like that's true. Yeah, it was like oh, the truck ran us off the road, but we're right where we needed to be anyways, so it doesn't matter. It wasn't yeah. like they didn't have to pull themselves out of the ditch or like turn around or like navigate any further. It was just like oh well, and where, here, wherever you want to be, there you are. Interestingly here where where Yorkie like just seeing the video game crash like freaked out a little bit previously but she didn't give a shit here that's what that's what I thought was weird. Yeah, she takes a breath and then and then they both kind of laugh. Yeah. Like, well, it was like if, if a if a little video game crash triggered you that hard but then <laughs> the uh, being in an actual car crash doesn't I'm I'm really wondering what's going on. Yeah. Definitely kind of kind of throws you off what what's what what are we doing here? so they drive over to kelly's house and she's got a fucking massive house and it's right on the beach it's literally like in the sand it's like in, not a place yeah. where you would ever build a house because of the foundation would not be 
structurally sound. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it you, would not work out you, well. You should. In, in you the would. End. You would never. You would never want to be that close, except for maybe in a dream. Yeah. And... So, <laughs> what's funny is when we moved down here to Ventura, it, we were out, out, out kind of like high desert. My my wife and I took a we took a vacation down here. There's a, a little hotel called the Inn on the Beach, and it's literally a, a hotel on the beach. You open up your back door. To, to the hotel room and it's that's the ocean you know it's fucking beautiful and then about a month later i got a job offer down here <laughs> so i'm like hey remember where we just went on vacation do you want to move there <laughs> what's the dream like, damn yeah that that is the dream and they're living the dream so she uh yorkie walks into kelly's house and she sees a photo wait so up and says, real quick i thought so I was a little confused here because they were talking about live here versus tourist. And I thought that yes. Kelly was a tourist, but then she like owns a giant house on the You know, it could have been an Airbnb. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, but I don't think it is because she picks up that picture and the place re- reminds her a lot of home. And then I got to thinking, I didn't go back and look at it, but is that picture her? So no, the picture's not her. Um, it's, it's a little bit spoilery. But Kelly, in the real world, was married to a man for 49 years, and they had a child. The child died when she was 39, and that was the child. So that, okay, so I was trying to figure out if that was basically her or the child because of the how old the person was in the picture. Yeah, no, it was the child. And, and it was interesting, though, because Yorkie's like, oh, is, is this your mother? Do you miss your mother? Because Kelly here is like 22, maybe 23. And she, yeah, and she had mentioned, I think she had mentioned being married, or no, it was a little. That, that comes up a little later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they start kissing, they, the bedroom, and they cut it really, you know, tastefully. It's never too Yeah, it was graphic. very much, like, lovemaking. And Yorkie tells her, like, look, I, I don't know how to do this. You're, you're going to have to show me yet again. Yep. <laughs> so after the event, they're laying in bed. Uh, and it's getting late, and Kelly asks Yorkie, says, hey, is this the first time you've ever been with a woman? And Yorkie says, yeah, not only that, I've never been with anybody. And if she was, and if she was, she's 20 or whatever, yeah. you're like, maybe that's possible. But Kelly knows about the different status of this world, so that she's really extra shocked there. And I think the actress that played Kelly, yeah. Gugu, did a really good job of expressing that emotion. That Right, because we we might have, I failed to mention it earlier, but in the scene in the rain when Yorkie escaped, she said she had a fiancé. And you're like, okay, well that, I mean, that could vibe for being, you could. Right. So Kelly asks, like, look, you've, you've never had a relationship? What's what's going on? And, and, and Yorkie says, yeah, I have a fiancé, but it's complicated. So then she asks Yorkie, um, or Yorkie asked Kelly, sorry, how she knew she liked women. And Kelly says, well, I was married to a guy for a long time, but I always knew that I liked both. Um, I'd get crushes, but I'd never act on it. And I was just too in love with, with my husband, but he chose not to stick around. So now it's just me, and I'm just passing through, and I just want to have a good time. Yeah. Which on the rewatch of it, like you said, it's like, whoa, okay, that means... A completely different thing. Totally. <laughs> You're not yeah. just passing through town on your way, on your travels. from. Yeah, and that he chose not to stick around. So Kelly looks at the clock, and it's 11.59, and time's nearly up. 
and we go into sure. like our sort of Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, yep. It's uh, then we hear "I got you, babe." Yeah. Once they start showing the clock, you're you're like, oh, okay, we're we're Groundhog Daying now, or like we're doing something. Yeah, something weird's going on, and and Yorkie just says, "Well, let's just lay here and." You know, be comfortable. So we flash the one week later again, and Yorkie goes back to the club looking for Kelly. But uh oh, Kelly's not here. She asks around. That's weird. And you're thinking, and you're thinking like, I mean, I'm still at this point thinking they can only go to this place for like Saturdays or something. Or, but you know, the the fact that it's exactly midnight, you're like, okay, it's some sort of weird reset, right? Like, yeah, something needs to be like played out. A different way but you th- or, but or... you think it's a reset so then you she assumes kelly would be there because it's like a reset right she's like right we all just get to keep going back to the same place we all get to keep doing the same night over and over again until we have the best night of our life why wouldn't why isn't kelly here and it's like breaks her yeah it's hard you you don't something's not adding up something here doesn't make sense and it's a uh, club tucker i was just trying to remember the name of the club oh yeah um yeah that comes t- up later yeah, Tucker, Tucker's a theme through the whole thing. I tried to figure out what Tucker was, but I think it's just the name. <laughs> it is. I was I was hoping it would be like the director's son or something like that, but I well, certainly find not it. Tucker Carlson because fuck him. Yes. I so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the bartender says, "I don't know. Have you tried the Quagmire? Maybe she's down there. Who knows?" And then and she goes now... straight out to like a from dusk till dawn bar oh, in the God. desert. Yeah. And except like times a hundred. It's yeah, she's going out to like some weird like torture club. It was like a bar. Burning man roadhouse meets like BDSM club meets Yeah. Yeah. So she's going out there and a couple of people on on uh, Harley's, you know, spin by her and they're all loud and obnoxious. And we get into this club and yeah, it's uh it's pretty crazy it's just like nude people dry humping each other and people fighting and at first i thought it was more like orgy but it turned out to be like fight club men everything else in between it's uh like a bacchanalian kind of hedonistic center where you know i mean or it could be you know like a fetish club yeah 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 i thought it was gonna be more like more more like that and then and then you see the guys like getting smashed in the face into just the... beating the shit out of each other so while yorkie's there she bumps into west uh, but she doesn't know what's west does not look well no, he's he's looking rough and uh she says uh he says oh hey i know you you're uh does i know you from tucker's this is his uh, best oh. his best line too <laughs> yeah he's yeah you were the one hanging out with kelly and he's like i don't i can't remember exactly how he says it but he's like oh she got you too yeah oh she got you too. like huh? oh like now there's two puppy dogs running around the world looking for kelly and he's and like she has this like, like camaraderie with her like yeah i know where you are yeah just another another speed bump on on her road so she's like look i don't know i'm just trying to find her where is where is she and he says well i don't know maybe try a different time 80s 90s 2002 yeah, yeah, she's he's like I've seen, I've seen her in a few different places, so what here's what you can try next and you're like, "Okay, well n- not only are they choosing to visit San Junipero or the Quagmire, but now they're they're choosing to visit there in different times." Mm-hmm. So it's so it's so now it's now it's time travel at will. Yeah. So now we're everything's out the window, right? Like 
Yeah. All right. Whatever. I'm I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. And that's kind of what he says to her. He's like, look, you know, it's worth it. You take a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So even even though he loves or had loved Kelly, he's like, this this is what you should try if you really want it. Yeah. I'm not saying not do it. <laughs> And she does, because one week later... They really hit it on the nose with the car commercial. Uh, with the, oh, like... God, yeah, with the Corinthian leather seats. I, I just, like, I almost wish that they hadn't done the car commercials, say, like, the brand new 1980 Chrysler, or whatever, like, because then, you know, yeah. we're like, okay, we were in 87, and then now you're, like, you know, having him say the brand new 1980 Chrysler, so you know... Yeah, you could cut that out of it. You you could let the set design. And that was like my only note because the second that you see everyone's playing Pac-Man versus playing Bubble Bobble, and right. the second that you see like you know just just those the rest of the yeah the rest of the set the music, the cars the video the arcades uh, that all did it so perfectly. And then yeah, not to mention that that in the the first one when we were in nineteen eighty seven there was a marquee of a uh, movie theater. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Showed the Lost Boys was going to be playing, which is such an interesting choice because the Lost Boys is about people who are obsessed with immortality, and the Lost Boys is a reference to Peter Pan. Never grow up, never get old. Yeah, dead on. And then just that 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 says the year just as clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's 1980. She goes back to the club, and there's our poor dejected nerd friend. Who's just a, uh, you know, the the video game addict, I guess, throughout time. He's, he's me. He's me in San Junipero, just going through uh, the different arcades. Playing different things playing at, their pe- at their peaks. Yeah, yeah, just out there. Uh, and he even mentions that. He says, hey, uh, you know, you can't beat the Golden Age. You want to play some Pac-Man? And Yorkie's like, nah, I'm, I'm looking yeah, so for Yeah, so now we're, now we're time-traveling tourists, and we're bumping along some of the same people in the way. Yep. I got... I got what I imagined to be like Ready Player One from reading the book. Oh yeah, vibes yeah. here. Uh, like that's that guy. If we wanted to do like a part two, uh, and the book was so much better than that. yeah, exactly. Like that 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 was the like that guy going back to like play eighties arcade games in the actual eighties, yeah. uh, and you know sort of relive that experience. Like that's that's how I felt when I was reading that book, and then watching the movie was and. We're getting there, too. Like, there's some of the more popular um, games that have been coming out on the PlayStation VR. They're the Pixel Ripped series. Um, There's a Pixel Ripped 1989 and Pixel Ripped 1995. And what it is is you're like a kid in school, so you're looking around in virtual reality in school, but you've got a Game Boy, which is the controller that you're holding. So as you're, like, trying to be in school, you're also looking down and playing on the Game Boy. Oh, that's in great. Your hand. Yeah, so so we're we're getting a little close to the San Junipero stuff. We're 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 moving our way there. <laughs> I'd love to like play Game Boy on the original the original Game Boy Tetris again mm-hmm. for like the first time and how like sort of magical the like the gameplay yeah. aesthetic and the you know the way that felt for the first time. I know it was it's like emulators and all of the other stuff doesn't really quite put you in the same heads. So I have a massive retro game collection. I've probably got nine original Game Boys, <laughs> just just hanging out. And uh, yeah, it's it's also just that that that's the thing we do, right? When we we strive for success, and when we find it, we try to purchase our childhood back. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think I think that just like, I mean, some of those things like the hat with especially with like haptic response, like mm-hmm. 
the playing Pac-Man on the arcade had a feel to it, and you could go into this like fugue state by <laughs> yeah. pressing the buttons and the lights and everything sort of at the same time. And, you know, the original NES Mario kind of did that. And I thought the Game Boy Tetris did that, and Pac-Man and that arcade did that. Um, you know, there's the nearest I've got to that lately is uh, this game Tetris Effect. Oh, but it's in VR, and I I wear glasses and I get a little bit of VR vertigo, so I can't mm. quite commit to any VR gaming system yet. But I look forward to maybe some of those hurdles getting overcome. As we so my wife has dance. terrible vertigo; like she just gets dizzy sitting on the couch sometimes. And a point of advice for people with vertigo: if they want to play VR, get a small fan and put the small fan under your television in front of you. Not only will it help you to keep cool, but it gives you a sense of center. Oh, and that's really that smart. Helps so much. It's just an added sense sensory element that yeah. you know, like which ways up, left, and right connects you back to the real world, so you don't get you know confused, like maybe some of the citizens of San Junipero. Yeah, nice, ta- so. <laughs> nice, nice callback to heyo to the way that they're they're zombies because they don't. They sp- they they're spending their whole lives there. So now you're like, oh, these are like time travel tourists that have just gotten decided that this is the perfect day and they want to relive the same day over for the rest of their life. And so we skip to 2002. No, Ugh. We, I don't know why fast- you would, but okay. <laughs> we, we we fast forward to 1996. Uh, was it 96? Because we got Alanis Morissette oh, playing right, in the background. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we're we're hearing Alanis Morissette on the radio. We we, we don't stay in '96 for very long, but we no. jump out into a very clear '96 with Alanis Morissette playing ironic. Yeah. Uh, the video, and then you see Time Crisis in the arcade, which is another just stupid great nod. Yeah, Time Crisis. Time Crisis, great name. So perfect. And also, I remember. I just remember being. I remember that was my peak arcade years. Mm-hmm. That like those sort of like that virtual street fighter. fighter mortal Kombat, yeah yeah it was the that was the resurgence of the arcade yeah when they when they got to add either video or like 3d elements and then you know other yeah. types of controllers and so then that was like another instant flashback to that time that was my most sort of like you know it's so funny i didn't even think of this but this is exactly yeah all of the the peaks of arcade so you've got the 80s with pac-man fever you've got 87 where you've got the uh the racing games like your outrun your hang on you've got the the late 90s like you said with with time crisis virtua fighter that kind of stuff and they had that 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 um that 3d modeling engine that that virtua fighter had um, yeah where you start to get over a certain amount of polygons to be able to blend like a smooth surface instead mm-hmm. of like pixelization. Mm-hmm. And then, or you can make lawnmower man. Totally. <laughs> and then say, so yeah, she walks over to Kelly's house, but no one's there in the 90s. Yep. And then, and then we flash to 2002 and we're at DDR, the third remix. Yeah. We are at the last resurgence of the arcade, which is, trying to give you an experience you can't have at home because who the fuck is going to put a giant metal platform with a guardrail on it yeah, in their house? Yeah, you, you can play Time Crisis and Pac-Man and all those at home, but you can't quite do DDR. 
at home. Although you can't really play Time Crisis anymore because we've switched over to flat panel televisions, so True. the guns, the light guns, no longer work. Oh, is that why? Yeah, so the way that those old light guns used to work is that they were basically photo cells, and when you would pull the trigger, it would issue a command to the, the game that would flash one frame, one single frame of the entire screen being black, except for the Where point you, you had to hit, which is white, and the camera would just read white or black. And now, oh, and then it was, even so though, then that would be hit or not, based on whether yes. it read white or black. Exactly. And now, even though like flat screens are very fast and have a good refresh rate, they're nowhere near as fast as a CRT, so they just don't work. Wow. And you have to use like a Wiimote, which uses uh, light sensors to, and that's to why those, generate. And that's why those feel a lot less accurate. Exactly. Yeah, I always thought I was just like a calibration issue on my end when I was nope. using like an aiming with the, the Wiimote. That makes nope. so much and more sense though. And it's the reason why I still have an old CRT television in the living room next to the big uh, 4K TV. So yeah, 2002, looking around for her and uh, we see Kelly and, and the, the nerd guy are dancing. Awkward arcade guy. Oh, yeah, they're having a good time finally. They're, they're playing some DDR. And Kelly sees Yorkie and tries to leave, and Yorkie follows her. Says, "Hey, what? What are you? What are we going? What's going on here? How come you're trying to run away? I thought we had something going on here." And Kelly gets mad at her and says, "Look, this is all just for fun. That's the whole point, right?" Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you read too much into this. Yeah, I'm sorry you caught feelings, but that's not that's not the point. Yorkie tells her, "Look, you should." And she's at like, least- "That was crazy because she sort of put so much work in the first two times." that yeah you're i was a little shocked there she did yeah. go through time to find you but then again the first time we meet kelly she's doing the same thing to west so we not it's yeah. not uncharacteristic yeah it makes sense for her character so yorkie tells her look you you should at least feel bad or feel something i mean what the fuck you know yeah and yorkie leaves kelly gets pissed off and she Looks at herself in the mirror in the bathroom, balls up her fist, and punches the shit out of it. And this is when we find out that it's not just time. Yeah, because that mirror shatters. And the first thing you see is that there's no blood on her hand. That was the thing. Yes, that because she that I jumped immediately out. looks down at her hand and you're like, oh my god. That's going to be covered in blood. That's going to be a problem. I've broken a piece of glass or mirror much less dramatically than that and <laughs> pouring blood. So yeah, your hands, yeah. skin, so thin, and there's just no way that that wasn't be gushing. And so you're like, that's crazy. She's invincible. Right. It's pretty unreal. And more unreal is when <laughs> she's done looking down at her hand, she looks back up at the mirror and... Perfect. Fixed. No problem. Perfect mirror. So now you're not just time traveling, but you're either immortal or invincible in some kind of way. Or mm-hmm. you don't. you still don't know if you're like real... Or traveling through time, or yeah, we don't quite know where we're at or what's going on. We do know that we have some sort of hack going on. Yorkie left, and Kelly goes out looking for her. She asks a couple of locals, "Hey, where's uh? Did you see a girl, brunette, white lady? Where, where is she?" And they're like, uh, just kind of pointing up to the top of the building, and and there's Yorkie sitting with uh sitting with her legs dangling off the edge of a building. Yep, and this gets. I mean, this is scary, right? You got somebody who's unstable, potentially. She's hanging out up there. And Yorkie rushes up to the top of the building and says, I hope you have your pain slider set to zero. And now I'm thinking, all right, this is a video game. 
yep, this isn't real. We're all playing pretend now. Now, yeah, so that, that I went from something like time travel to simulate to like something, and then this is like, this. that was the video game line, just right off. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. Okay, we're we're in like a chat room. We're in something, some VR. This chat is room uh, this is Second Life, or yeah, yeah, this exactly. It's Second Life with fewer furries. Uh, <laughs> although I guess no, maybe they're all just hanging out in the quagmire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have a place. They have a they have yeah, a home. That's Second Life is the quagmire. So Yorkie's looking out over all these people, and she says, "Hey, how many of these people do you think are dead?" Kelly says, "Well, I don't know, maybe eighty. 85% of them? Yeah, they're they're uh full full timers. I thought that was a really interesting sort of euphemism for them. And at before, yeah. you know, you're thinking like that just connected it to that sort of like the thing earlier where they're saying sort of do they live here in right. like quotes means they they, means if they life. like live here it means they don't live somewhere else because that means Yeah, it's still kind of unclear what dead means though. Like you said if it's a video game then maybe they're just like Artificial intelligence, but I—I I mean, I think that it's not vague. And she asked how many people. Yeah. Count, how many yeah. of these people are dead? We know it's—we know it's a—we know it's some sort of video game simulation. So I guess it could be like how many of them are like non-player characters, or right. or something. So then Kelly says, "Look, I—I I made a promise to myself that I don't do feelings, and you ruined it. Uh, I don't know how." much longer I have and I wasn't prepared for you. So they go back to the beach house and And it seems like she's sort of she's doing this to protect other people. Almost, yeah. almost as much as herself. Like it's it almost feels like she thinks she's being altruistic by Yeah, like she's protecting Yorkie. Yeah. She's like I I know the I know the hurt that losing a loved one feels like. So I don't want to be right. someone else's loved one to lose. So yeah, let's not catch feelings for each other. We're just here to have fun. It's that, that, that would be irresponsible to make other people like to make more people in the world feel sad when I'm gone. Right, right. And so they go back to the beach house. And uh, Yorkie tells Kelly, look, I'm going to get married next week. Um, my family doesn't approve, but he's a really nice guy. <laughs> oh, this is, uh, this which is, he is. He, he is, is a very nice guy. That, he's probably the hero. I mean, I wouldn't give him hero status, but I think he's, he's, a, a, nice he's a good person. Yeah. yeah. So then Yorkie said, uh, you don't know how much time there is. Well, what did you mean by that? And Kelly says, well, I've. I've actually only got three months left, and uh, when I'm done, I'm done. I'm not going to be staying here after that, because... I thought that was really interesting, because the first time she met Yorkie, she gave Yorkie six months to live. Yeah. But it turns out that she was, like, she was projecting that on her. Well, and it's because the doctor told her she had three months to live, and then she actually lived... That was six months ago, (laughs) yeah. And so they they keep saying three months, three months, which is how I feel in this pandemic right where yeah no 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 one no one wants to tell us that it's going to be 18 months before there's any sort of human trial tested vaccine so everyone just keeps saying oh one more month one more month and even then once the vaccine is there it only lasts three months once you get it and and because the antibodies leave and it mutates i'll take a whole nother year for worldwide rollout so they're just going to keep saying three months every three months yeah this is going to be at least three years folks yeah exactly so i think no no I think anyone that's in a public official status would lose their job if they said that, so they know they can't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Plus, politically, it's poison. You're not going to get reelected. That's exactly what I'm saying. So they're yeah. 
they know <laughs> sorry to sidetrack there to the very no, real no, world it's fine. but it's fine i just like, like I said, i've been feeling like we've had three months to live since six months ago <laughs> uh, yeah so that did, line really hit I, different this time i did an episode of this uh podcast where we were talking about people being uh sequestered in isolation for five months and we we're like so like we've we've been living that that used to be an unfathomable concept where you're like oh those people on the training for the mars rover program they're really crazy and then all of society just went and did it for us at least we have the internet like i can talk to you yeah that's true so she says yeah my uh my husband died two years ago and he chose not to pass over because he didn't believe in san junipero and he, he wouldn't even visit it so it's starting to all make sense and add up so what's really going on? Yeah, so he, he didn't believe in it. He didn't want to visit it or even try it. And, yeah, and it seems like York. there's other cities too. It's not just like San Junipero or the Quagmire. It seems like there's a lot of different types of options. And he just... Yeah, he was we'll find out later. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Uh, when we see Tucker. But basically, yeah, so he... He knew he was gonna die and chose and chose not to. He didn't die. Su- he didn't necessarily die suddenly. Or right, he he had time and he just chose not to for reasons. Yeah. So it sounded like this is our first introduction into like maybe what I call the moral horror of this world yeah. that doesn't hit you over the head. But what I think still classifies this as horror is the way that you would go about entering into a virtual eternity with re- friends and relatives that don't uh yeah. don't agree with that concept it's my uh yeah it's just watching this episode has changed um my 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 wife and my kind of relationship to each other in a very slight way but meaningful way in that she's she's very much a dreamer and she holds out hope that this is a a potential right we all hope for that and um I'm personally an atheist. I don't believe in necessarily an afterlife. So she shares those views and and is of the opinion that well potentially technology could could take that place and you know she's like I don't I don't want this to end. I don't want to not be with you. And so the that dread of one of us passing and then the next day they come up with the thing is like ugh. yeah that's that's definitely something that i've i've thought about a lot and i don't know if i would end up being a richard or a yorkie or a kelly yeah well we'll we'll get to that because that that's that's a huge and, that, and that definitely ask. yeah that definitely changes um but also like do you if you're an atheist do you like not believe in god or an afterlife enough to like bet on it this in this way or like <laughs> like it, it makes you sort of reinforce your opinions and how strongly you sort of feel of well yeah i mean being an atheist i already have bet on it right like, oh oh <laughs> right but then but then once you're faced with the potential like horror of living forever well that's the other problem right because there's the infinity is and this is like lovecraftian horror but infinity itself is terrifying like imagine that that heaven actually did exist right so you, your eternal soul was sent to a place where you were there forever. It's the, you know, infinite chimps typing forever end up with the full works of Shakespeare. Every possibility can and will happen. And we know from the Bible, if we're going with that as source material, that uh, Lucifer was able to transgress and, and end up in hell. 
So, so you're that still is able a to fuck possibility. it up. Yeah, so if there's a possibility that one can transgress in heaven and be sent to hell, then the eventuality is that over infinity, everyone ends up in hell or the quagmire. Exactly. Eventually, this perfect idyllic world that we all live in becomes not enough. We just want to feel something. Totally. And then... <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think that... Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that line comes up later. So we'll get, we'll get to there on a later beat. We'll, we'll get, get to there. there. <laughs> Anyhow, um, like I said, sometimes there's heady discussion and sometimes you listen to my baby fart. That's the podcast. Uh, so I heard that there were yeah. some good ones the other day. What's that? There were some good ones in your episode the other day. <laughs> yeah, the, the National Anthem episode. <laughs> yeah, Very good if you want to hear a baby farting and the uh, wax intellectual about a guy fucking a pig. Yeah, so The baby delivers. Baby does deliver. Always. So, yeah, Richard chose not to pass over because he didn't believe in it. And Yorkie tells Kelly, look, I'm glad that I came in here and did it because I met you. And in the real world, there's no way we ever would have met. And even if we did, you wouldn't like me. Yeah. And so now you're thinking like, all right, Yorkie is a 500 pound middle aged white guy. Yeah. It's a catfish. We are. You're thinking catfish. You're thinking uh, someone that this either is totally misrepresenting who they are or mm-hmm. some other sort of thing where, you know, we really thought that she was being her best self yeah. up until this point. And now I'm sitting here worried that she, yeah, catfish is a, most she could be anything. Guy. I mean, yeah. she could be the person that's programming this simulation right? And, she could, and she manipulating could be, this, this avatar. Like could, who knows? She could be an AI or she could be some other yeah. sort of thing. But it turns out that we don't, we find out differently because Kelly says, "You know what? I'm no. I want to go visit you in the real and world, and I'm going to tell you where the city that I live in." And then they realize, "Oh shit! They're I'm not that like far 100... away. <laughs> I'm a couple hour drive away from there." Yeah, I'm in Santa Rosa, and she said, "What? Like, what did she say? Was she in like Carson City, Nevada?" Yeah, Carson City, Nevada, and Santa Rosa, which California. is California. Like, Hop, skip, and junk. I mean, come on. <laughs> What's that? Four or five hour drive. If that, yeah. Who knows what traffic is like in in this future? Oh, state. that's true. There, we still we have we could have pods that fly. <laughs> we could finally have the rail system in California. <laughs> we'll have flying cars so, before we have California rails that we deserve. Very true. So now we cut to black and we see uh, an elderly woman who resembles Kelly. I mean, yeah, and you you don't you don't know right away. No, but they did a great job at picking this actress oh my oh, god i phenomenal i legitimately looked to see if it was gugu in old makeup yeah i they did they like they such a great choice and she's in the real world and you can tell yeah because one thing that you don't notice until the rewatch is that like there's no old people in the in yeah. san junipero there's no there's no people in wheelchairs in san junipero there's no there's no other like almost there, there's no nobody that's heavier set there's no there's no little children either there's no it's all yeah there's not like there's not like eight-year-olds running around the arcade right it's all when people would consider themselves to be in in their prime in their prime exactly so now we have a middle-aged caregiver mm-hmm. we have elderly women with respiratory problems yeah there's the first cough we see the whole movie so she's coughing meanwhile like the earlier the other version of her doesn't bleed yeah that's like so we see contrast valuability and vulnerability and being human finally (laughs) so yeah kelly 
gets helped into a, a truck by or a car by the, her nurse. And yeah, just just starts making a journey, which we can only assume is Carson City to Santa Rosa. Yep. And it's a beautiful little drive, nice little jaunt, and Kelly goes into the... Like a medical facility-looking thing. It kind of yeah. looks like an office, not quite like a hospital, but there's people in lab coats walking around. It's very sterile. Very, very sterile. Sterile is the perfect word for that. I think it... Very... A lot of right corner edges, like 90-degree angles. Yeah, the very... place that Kelly left definitely looked more... It looked fancy, but like like homely it's kind of more holistic yeah more yeah but this definitely looked like this is where we run the future from so we then are uh introduced to greg who's a, a younger kind of younger uh heavy set man with a very well sculpted beard and did, he did says did we Look, meet her before she went into the room did we meet greg before what? Do we meet I believe so because he he gives her the rundown on yorkie and says look she's not going to be able to respond to you, right? But, but we don't. We will... don't. We don't know that it's Greg yet. Well, we don't know that it's Greg, right? Okay, that's what I meant. Um, it's like we're not. We right. don't know that Greg is Greg when we meet him. Yeah, we're, we're just, introduced to this order. He's just like orderly and, uh, med tech saying. Yeah, he's like, yeah, she won't be able to respond to you, but she will know that you're there. Right. So now you're like, is she like fully logged into this Sam Junipero mind system? What's going on? Is she like a Futurama like brain in a jar? What's going on here? And we go in there, and no, she's. She's, she's just like feeding basically tube. in a coma, right? Or like in yeah, is she's, she's or is, is she is she like fully what would be like the definition of comatose? Because or is she just like is she like trapped with her eyes closed? Sort of like well, I couldn't quite figure out what the the thing was there because yeah, she he may yeah. have mentioned that she was like quadriplegic and that right. So it's it's difficult. Like they they never actually like overtly say what it is, but she she does have like the respirator tube going on. So she's not able to really move or respond or react in any way. And uh, so the other orderly says, look, Kelly, uh, Yorkie is going to be passing over. I've been working with her for three years. She's a quadriplegic. And uh, she's, you know, been this way for about 40 years now. Because when she was 21, she came out to her folks. Uh, They got into a fight. She got mad. She got into her car and drove off. and." Got into an accident that rendered her uh, paralyzed. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> That's a rough one. <laughs> so now all of Yorkie's decisions the in the past sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or in the in the San Junipero world makes sense. Yep. She yep. got to be out and proud for about one minute. Yeah. For just a moment, unfortunately. Like, like not uh, only was she not accepted by her family, but she didn't even get to live a life not being accepted by her family. She just, it just ended right there. Yeah, she she got to not be accepted by her family, run off in protest, and then be 100% under their thumb and control for the remainder of, of her life because... Yeah, because that, that, from that point on, they, they basically owned her body. Yeah. Kept her on life support, basically. Uh, and they they said, well, we're working with this thing that's called uh, immersive nostalgia therapy. Immersive nostalgic therapy. I wrote that down. Yes. Yeah, that was, I was, I was like, okay, then that, just in case you haven't pieced it together, they're, they're giving this to these people, but they can only give it to them for so much. 
right? They can only give it to them five hours a week. Yeah, they want to dose it out very, 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 um, in a very regimented manner because people's brains start to not be able to differentiate between which, I which think, one's real. Which I thought was interesting to say that for, like, that means that, means that they were trying this as a therapy because they had hope that she would still be able to come out of it, right? Well, maybe. Like, initially what they said was it was used to help patients that had Alzheimer's. Right. And But for her, she, she wasn't a patient with Alzheimer's. I, I honestly think that basically the people that were taking care of her were like, we, we have to give her some sort of a life. And we have the ability to put her here, so why not? Yeah, I think, I think that, that the reason they called it the, the immersive nostalgic therapy was not just that they were because they didn't want to actually set her off and let her live in it that's why she needs greg right so for me it was like a yeah. the family's doing anything they can in hopes of like getting her back to normal life again right. so they're, yeah. sta they're standing in the way of any of her own medical choices including the right to die so what's interesting about immersive nostalgic therapy is that that's actually a thing that was used uh, in, in a slightly different sense. There was a uh, 2010 BBC documentary called The Young Ones where oh, they, yeah. Took, uh, yeah, they, they took celebrities who, who were aging and they actually put them in a house that was uh, decorated to look like when they were in their prime and in their youth uh, in the 1970s as a method of, of uh, therapy so that they would feel a little bit more comfortable in their advanced age. Yeah, I'd, I'd read about that as being the sort of the basis for the genesis of this idea for, the, yeah. for this show. And I desperately tried to find some of it on, uh, on the internet. And unfortunately, there's another BBC show called The Young Ones that was a yeah. comedy that dominates yeah. every very clip. Very popular. Very, very popular. And it dominates every sort of clip you could find on youtube and the like so yeah that's kind of one of the problems about being named like eddie jefferson if you're trying to like optimize your seo there was a very very famous jazz musician named eddie jefferson so forget it <laughs> yeah you're done you're done for i get it yeah uh so yeah like you were saying the the problem is that she wanted to be euthanized clearly and her family was not allowing it to take place but a spouse could override that because you need three signatures. One from the patient who he says he's been talking to her over some sort of like a voice. Well, he system. said he said he said the com box. So the com box, yeah. yes, yeah. Yes. So that I, I noted that because I thought it was interesting that there's like you don't. It doesn't seem like both people like in order. To, it doesn't seem like another person would have to fully enter the world in order to like talk to someone. So yeah. you could, in theory, go visit your dead relative, talk to your dead relative in San Junipero without actually Ooh, committing. That's to creepy. The <laughs> you could just um, you could just go talk to them. You could like talk to them through the comm box on the phone. Yeah. Without necessarily like having to go in and commit to living in Second Life yourself. Right. And and it's important in that that we need the consent of the person to pass, uh, the consent of the state for the person to pass. And the consent of the family. Right. So it needs a family member and a medical technician and yeah, yeah. someone else, right? Yep. And so the family's not signing off. So Greg, the orderly, is going to marry her to to, to help her pass. Kelly says, hey, yeah, that's great and all. But um, can we, before she passes, can you please like hook me up with her for just a minute? 
and he is like red tape bureaucracy yeah. bureaucracy uh does does this place look like a, i could a somewhere i could break the rules yeah no it does not he's very, uh, very you know but 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 uh old older kelly she, she's she, insistent man she, she's like she, look she's still the kelly that knows who, how to get what she wants and oh yeah <laughs> and she she gets what she wants yeah because he says all right you've got one minute and I almost forgot it, but when, when Kelly goes in and initially sees Yorkie uh, laying there in the hospital bed. Oh, yeah. She, I was going to. Yeah, this is the moment I wanted to bring up to. The <laughs> line that she says. Yeah, you can say it. Yeah, she says, hey, stupid. Hello, stupid. And just <laughs> tears stream down my face. So perfect. <laughs> I Yeah, I. I that was my the, I cried twice a little in this episode. Uh, and that was the no, first I'm a time. big I'm a big softy. I was afraid I was going to cry while we're recording this. Like I'm this stuff gets me, man. The hello stupid broke me in that sort of like laugh cry moment. Yep, yep. But then we're getting up to the point where I really lose oh, it. <laughs> it's really rough. So yeah, they put the little she's uh, got, bead thing. She's got five minutes, not a, not a second more. Yeah. And all and, of a sudden she's in the daytime. On well, the but now we now we see what the system looks like and all it is is like a little a little dot shaped dot that they put on the temples just yeah, like you in the striking vipers episode. Exactly. And you could you can sit, it seems like you can just sit there and just sit in a normal chair. You don't need to like be hooked up to a, a ventilator and a dietary yeah. system and traction and or like you you don't need to be jacked into the matrix yeah exactly that's what i was thinking too is like you don't need a surgical implant in the back of your head or some some sort of other thing it's just a very clean apple dot yeah very apple very so yeah then like you said we're back in san junipero and it's we're at the beach and it's daytime for the first time and yorkie says it but i yorkie has never been I, i i screamed it when i first saw it i was like Oh my God! They're they're. It's not Saturday night. Yeah. And then Yorkie, the first thing she says is like, "I've never been here during the day." Yeah. Because they've never, they've just never not turned her on for five hours at that on Saturday night. That's the only time That's... she ever ever has ever lived since she was twenty one. Yeah, and it's such an interesting choice too, because like to the the fact that they represent it all as a nightlife thing, like so interesting. So yeah, she she's it's daytime, and Kelly's like, look. They they told me everything that's going on here, and uh, well, she proposes. She says, "Yeah, if you have to get married anyway." That's when I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> when you see when you see young Kelly, yeah. her, you see her hair disappear out of frame. Yeah, and it's so like it's shot so well and it's acted so well. Yeah, it wasn't like she knew she only had five minutes, and it's like, how do mm-hmm. you? It was like the way that the way that. Yorkie practiced exactly what she was going to say when she met up with Kelly the second yes. week in the bar. Is like Kelly had practiced exactly what she was going to say to get Yorkie to say yes here. Yep, and she yeah. does. She's and like, she yeah, does. absolutely. You know, and they're walking on the beach, and as we do, we we uh, cut back to the real world, and you see a uh, a single tear come off the face, off of, and then of Yorkie, yeah, and then they uh, they. They euthanize her. They put the little dot on her temple. They inject the thing that makes you feel good, or whatever it is that takes you out of this world. Yeah, they and, and it, it seemed. Did they have like 
was it a pastor there or was it just like Greg and them signing like the papers or like, well, they, they had a pastor there. They yeah, had, already so had sort of... a pastor scheduled and Greg was going to do it on his, on his lunch break. <laughs> right. Right. So then they just, they just use the same. Yep. And they have the, the paperwork though was like a tablet that they had to swipe their thumb across, which is funny because now when we go to the doctor, it's the exact same thing. Like we take our daughter there and they just have a tablet we have to click on. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, then Yorkie passes and she's on the beach and walking on the beach and everything's real now to her. She She's digging her feet into the sand and feeling the water and it's all completely different. And she takes her glasses off and sets them down on the beach. And she realizes like she's a full timer now. She's she doesn't yeah. need she doesn't need the glasses anymore. Or Yeah. And I think the glasses are interesting symbolism right? yeah because not only do you have like that they were a a thing that she was clutching onto to keep her comfortable but it's also a very kind of early representation of what we're talking about here which is transhumanism yeah and um, it was her, sort of her grounding to the yeah the real world, it's right? because that's what glasses initially were because our biological physical bodies would fail us specifically the eyes so we use technology to persevere beyond that and give sight to people who no longer had it yeah so now with the narrative of this story uh we've gone beyond that and now we've taken the human consciousness and made it into a a, b- a bit of data that we upload into the cloud and yeah a bit of data comes back a little at the end too um, yeah oh it does <laughs> so she takes the glasses off sets them down and and walks away and we cut back to Kelly, and she's back in the hospital, and she's not she's not doing well. Not doing um, great, but she comes back comes back yeah. to visit, right? Heads back into San Junipero, and they they meet back up. And when she does, and it's it's uh, is it it's like Saturday night again, right? It's Saturday night again, yeah. And Kelly pulls up in her Jeep, and this is such a nice touch. She's uh, wearing a wedding dress, and she looks over at York, and she's like, "Well, come on, I mean, oh yeah, this is so this you're is not, a great moment. <laughs> you didn't get dressed up for the occasion. What are you doing?" And then blink, yeah, do just it. Blinks, boom, got the outfit she wants on now. Got another uh, wedding dress. So now they're they're having a good time, and and York is like, "Man, everything looks and feels so real now, and I'm it's because I live here now. It's it's all real." I, and she's pounding on the hood of the car like I can feel it. It feels real. And Yorkie says, uh, so, you know, you could also have yeah, this. Yeah, so, so uh, when are you coming, honey? I, I don't, I'm tired of seeing yeah. you, like, only five hours on Saturdays. Yeah, I have to miss you six days out of the week. Like, when are you going to pass over, too? And Kelly says, look, I, I made my choice. Uh, like, my husband made a choice. I already told you I'm not not coming in for real yeah and this is when we you knew that was the deal she basically says you knew that was the deal right like yeah i was here to have fun like i'm not gonna be here forever like you i i can't do that and this there is this their this is their first like real argument right like yeah this is their fight i would say because kelly gets pissed off at her and says look i was with richard for 49 years you don't know what that was like like there were ups and there were downs and it was like real it wasn't just this made-up construct here and and our daughter was 39 and she died and that was before this whole thing was made yeah and then that that line that she said about richard really hit yeah when yeah you know he says like how how could i come here when she missed out yeah how i don't want to pass without her and she actually slaps yorkie she's like 
you didn't even ask. You didn't, you don't care. You know, you're, you're selfish. And then Kelly gets pissed and drives off in her car. Oh, right before that, she says, uh, do you want to spend forever somewhere where nothing ever matters? Yeah. And that oh. was a great, like, uh, God, that hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. Cause I, I had to rewatch and write that down. When- a, a bit of a role reversal, right? Because, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, Kelly gets in the car and drives off and, uh, well, she gets in an accident. And I thought that she was going to leap out right there because of the way they were showing the clock again. So yeah. I thought they were going to show like the car fly off the cliff without her in it or right. something. I, I sort of where I thought it was going. So then to see her like bloody beaten body on the pavement was really. So what I think is interesting that they did here is um, originally when. We were back at the arcade, and Yorkie saw the the wreck happen on the uh, the racing game. She sits down, and she's like, "Sure." She tells the guy, "I have to go get my bearings. You know, I have to like get my balance back, right?" And then the song that plays is "Walk Like an Egyptian," which the person who wrote that song came up with the idea when they were out on a boat, and they saw that people were walking very unusually because of how unstable. The ground was right, and then after that, you have Kelly walking up to to Yorkie and talking to her. And, and Kelly's role then is to help Yorkie regain her bearings and get her balance here in this world. So now we have a real accident that Kelly is in, and she's on the ground, distraught and disheveled. And who comes up to to pick her up? Well, Yorkie for the roles of fully reversed. So she gets out of the out of San Junipero and. We again are treated to a montage of her deteriorating. She's, deteriorating she's coughing a lot more. She seems lower yeah. energy. Yeah, and she mentioned earlier with the three months to live that it was because of cancer. While she was smoking a cigarette, she says, you know, these, these cigarettes in San Junipero don't even taste of anything. Oh, yeah, so yeah I remember that too. Get the idea that that's where this came from. So then she, she uh, Kelly walks out and she sits on a bench. And uh, she's kind of looking at the horizon. And she, she turns to her nurse and says, well... I guess I'm ready for the rest of it. And I, and at this point, you still don't know what that means or what she's decided. You're still... Yeah, it could mean I'm ready to, to die or I'm ready to be uploaded into the cloud. Yeah. Which sounds like heaven. <laughs> at this point, I'm still thinking she's like maybe doing... Yeah. And not necessarily going back. And so we go back to Yorkie and San Junipero, and she's finally uh, driving herself for the first time. Oh yeah, she, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. She, I forgot that that she didn't drive. That it was always Kelly driving. So now yeah, because she she was still like messed up from what happened to cause all of her trauma. Right. So so and, she's got got yeah. her bearings, and she's got a, a cool vanity plate that says York One, Yorky. So <laughs> uh, and we've got the Belinda Carlisle Heaven Is a Place on Earth playing. So we know it's 1987 and, again, and the red yep. Miata, which is a very 1987. Oh car. yeah, totally. Beautiful car, though. I love their selection of automobiles in this. Oh, yeah. That's another underrated thing is that the car, even just the, the cars throughout, even though it's, I, it's even though I hairstyles, it's the wardrobe, it's everything. Yeah. Even I though mean, I dogged the choice of that Chrysler and that commercial just because they hit you over the head with the year. That was yeah, still that, that was still a, was that was still a perfect 1980 car. Totally. Saying the year was a little bit bad, but yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so we're having this fun little montage, and then we cut back to Kelly uh, being euthanized. Yeah, we see and, the white liquid go in, just like getting, she's getting put down. 
Yeah, but we don't see the little dot thing on her head. Yeah, and then we're we still seeing back. the casket getting lowered to the ground at this point, right? Or is it? Yeah, it's the the. the so we then we show the the graveyard with the casket, and it's the shared grave of of her, her, her and the uh, daughter and the husband, daughter and the husband, and then and we her new to... her new her brand new etching, which I thought it looked for all the great like vfx work that they do to make it not appear that there's too much vfx work in this i thought that that gravestone odd it, it did. did i thought it did i knew it was supposed to be like new etching versus old etching or something like that but it looked like yeah. it looked like an ms paint compared yeah, to looked, compared to the rest of the, how beautiful rough. compared to the rest of how beautiful this whole episode was yep and then we go back to san junipero and, and yorkie pulls up to kelly's house and well there's kelly and it's just like victory moment right there yep. like and they my my they, sales she she's i don't know we don't know if it's been another week or a month or even who a couple knows days, how long but but it doesn't matter because now they have forever, forever right yeah she she yeah she made the right decision as far as yorkie's concerned and so yorkie does now feel like she everything she did has meaning and purpose yep and that she got she find you know for all the things that she's been through she finally got what she wanted after so long yeah finally after all this effort, like after this this love story that that with such conflict and man, she jumps into the car and they drive off into the sunset and then we zoom in on a data center. And, and what's uh, what's the name of the data center? T C K R. Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> Very fittingly. And we see a robot. That was something like even even though at this point, like I didn't I didn't notice that until the second time either, just because I was yeah. I wasn't really paying attention to it, but I like they, the the arcade is remodeled Tucker's. Like the, mm-hmm. they even show it in the two different like '90s and 2002 versions as like the sort of like mod Art Deco. Like they they it's been redone and it's been a bar and it's been an arcade and it's been these different things in those different times. So of course, it's also the data storage giant server farm in the desert. Yeah, it's Apple, and we see a really cool uh, robot just pluck individual little uh rounded looking they almost look like the thing you plug into the cigarette lighter adapter of your car yeah yeah to, that's to what, charge yeah, that's your it iphone like. yeah it looks like the little the top of that and then those things get like they manually he takes two of them out and plugs them into two little slots next to each other and i guess we're supposed to think like oh that's those two that's kelly and i mean they would have been in there already so but you couldn't show that simultaneously without sort of spoiling it so right, right. but you're and then just we like zoom out and it says san Junipero. so maybe that's just the node group that they belong to and we see i was kind of i was kind of hoping they would have shown like one other name of another yeah like another one a la the, like the west world reveal that there's like samurai world or whatever like yeah like not necessarily set up a sequel or another world but just to be like clear that you can sort of choose your area but then you have to like that little physical disc still has to travel to your other area even though you're in this giant sort of virtual world i thought that was sort of interesting that they didn't that that seems like a problem that wouldn't need to be solved by moving those physical little discs but maybe that the consciousness is so important or fragile that it needs to be sort of self-contained in a physical unit even though you don't have a body anymore maybe yeah and then yeah it zooms out and we see just millions of them millions of the little lights that are those usb things blinking yeah so even and though you could like it. connect with everything and it would be all connected throughout 
like time and space and have all this amazing technology you still need like you still don't have like your consciousness isn't in the cloud it's physically yep so matt that was the episode of san junipero now the question that, that you posed was is this horror and we were briefly kind of discussing it earlier what's what's the horror of this if any to you uh i think the horror is uh the concept that you introduced to me earlier which was the idea of refrigeration horror refrigerator horror and mm -hmm. that when i first watched this movie i was thinking how amazing and wonderful and happy and uplifting it is and then like the next day i kind of went oh my god and just like kept thinking about it and how <laughs> like the the horror of like the implication of yeah. the decisions that you are now making for yourself and for other people um for people in like maybe a comatose type situation but also mm -hmm. like if your spouse believes in heaven but you don't and then you choose to go in the san junipero when you die and they don't so then they go to heaven but you can't go to heaven because you're trapped in san junipero um sort of you know not that you know you can believe whatever you want in that but there's some type of horror for everyone uh no matter yeah. whether you're whether you're an atheist or whether you're uh, some type of religious and mm -hmm. you, uh, wherever you are wherever yeah. you are in that spectrum <laughs> there's something to sort of screw with your brain here and that's what and, i think makes it horror because you know everyone sort of gets a love story but then it confronts you just slaps you in the face with mortality and then forever and how yeah. like you said how the horror of forever actually you know being that that in itself and that we can't we can't really conceive of forever and how you know even if you even if it's good you're trapped even if it's bad you know even if it's good it gets worse or it changes and if it yeah. gets worse and it changes and you're not and you're doing everything into infinity you're still is there's something still fucked up about no matter which way you slice this and no matter which sort of philosophical you know end of life thoughts you have yeah and i would also point out that they use similar that, that i would be worried about whose control that falls under also right so uh other episodes of, right. of black mirror like white christmas where you're just like infinitely torturing a criminal like forget what the transgression is of the criminal forget what his criminal offense is but to infinitely torture him oh right 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 I, repeatedly yeah that that's the John Hamm episode. Yeah, at that at that point, it's no longer. Yeah, we're seeing the idealized, like perfect uh, in our twenties, wearing the teased hair and and perfect outfits version of it in San Junipero. Right, and so that's sort of that's some other thoughts, some other thoughts that I had that I thought was really interesting about this episode and what it made it stand out from the rest of the Black Mirror series um, was just that like playtest and fifteen million merits. They're like yeah. They're a dystopian future that's caused by technology, and the cases maybe seem where, like, they may have started out as good, but now everyone recognizes it as bad. But yeah. like, uh, people or corporations in power are continuing to like produce and expand those technologies, even though in the even though like in the face of the obvious harm that they're doing, or like in the in the Christmas one, how it's not even for rehabilitation it's just purely for punishment 
And there's these things yeah. where we're like, at the end of those episodes, you're saying like, oh, that's bad. I hope we can prevent technology from going that far. Yeah. Or or even for that matter, White Bear, right? Remember the, the um, where they're chasing the lady and filming her the whole time? Yeah, exactly. It, so all these things are like, yeah. this is this is what's out of control. This is if we don't, if, if a, we let AI go too far. This is what happens if we let corporations go too far. Yeah. But even after the twist and reveal of San Junipero, I thought that there was something like inherently captivating about the idea that you'll be able to upload your consciousness and to some sort of afterlife, even with yeah. the moral predicaments and conflicts that that type of system is going to create for individuals and families. I still think I like the technology of this idea or some version of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it remains interesting and worth exploring, which is obviously like almost every other Black Mirror seems like a moral panic episode about some sort of technology like, oh, your phone is bad because you're looking at your screen and not reading books anymore. Um, You know, it feels like versions of that, whereas this one feels like this is some sort of crazy technology that might be possible in the future and even with yeah, those this even with the less black and white even right? with those this is even with, more morally even, kind of ambiguous yeah even with that moral ambiguity i'm like yeah i don't know if i'd be a richard but i definitely like would spend a weekend trying it out oh absolutely <laughs> like i'm i'm you know i i, I you I, could sell me on it I i'll can, put it that way i could i could definitely see myself spending you know go there for go there for 10 years and then and then then pass out or yeah pass you know pass on or whatever the other euphemisms they sort of said so i think that yeah so i I think that like this it was a cool way to sort of introduce a scary concept of a future moral horror that might come up with technology but at the same time not just outright blasting it and saying that there could be good even if you are a disc in a starver farm in the desert and maybe that's maybe that's not good or maybe it is but it's still like maybe worth exploring versus the other ones are just like yeah shut it's it putting down the question Oof. out there right yeah yeah it, it, it definitely just asks that question and i think a really interesting way is to you know sell 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 this really you know uplifting love story with you know with its own complications yeah. but not necessarily with a yeah and that that's it you know that it, it also it tells such an amazing like very human love story it's it's a great episode i mean 100 yeah and i mean not that that's an like a unique or unpopular opinion because it did win two Emmys. So it's... <laughs> it did win two Emmys. Yeah, I mean, we're not saying anything new here. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. Um, I'm not taking some moral yeah. high road here by liking the. <laughs> right, right. We're not the ones that are going to break it and be like, you know what? Actually, against what popular opinion was, this is a good episode. Hi, my name is Matt, and I like good things for normal people. That's right. So, Matt, you like good things for normal people, and. Normally, at the end of these episodes, what I like to do is ask, you've seen it, and if you haven't, you've just had it all spoiled for you. Is there, if you want just a little bit more, another complimentary piece of fiction that you might recommend to our listeners? All right, so it's not, it's not horror, but it really hits the San Junipero theme on the head. It's called Upload, mm-hmm. and it's on Amazon. And it is supposed, supposed to be a little more cheeky, slapstick, comedy not slapstick but like silicon valley on hbo kind of comedy uh about a guy who gets uploaded to sort of like a virtual heaven experience and it's a pretty similar concept you can't really jump around time but you can still do anything that you want and there's also some you know side effects of being kept against your will or being there voluntarily or involuntarily 
as well as like the calm box where you can like interact quote unquote with people that are in heaven or had their consciousnesses uploaded to this sort of cloud. So I think that it's a really similar concept. Uh, it's not as good as this one episode of San Junipero, just one mini movie that is San Junipero. Yeah. Um, you know, it still has sort of sitcom not sitcom, like, you know, Amazon original comedy elements to it, but it's, uh, it's a great similar concept that I think, you know, puts you in that world for a little bit with like, what would it be like if you could upload your consciousness to sort of a heaven scenario forever? Interesting. I'm, I'm definitely down. I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. And the, the pilot for that's great too. So even if you don't commit, want to commit to the whole series, definitely worth watching first episode. Nice. Nice. So for me, I mean, I've recommended a few episodes of Black Mirror just in this that are tangentially related. But I would say if you if we're going to go outside of horror, like we, 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 we need the uplifting here for a minute. We're in some rough times right now. I yeah. would say to watch the film called The Nine starring Ryan Reynolds. And the only relation I'm going to give to this, because I don't want to spoil it at all, is that it is it very much pulls the rug out from under you and that you have a difficult time in understanding where and and when we exist because Ryan Reynolds basically plays out a love story oh yeah um, oh over God, m- I don't multiple want scenarios it. I don't want to ruin it but it, it was yeah, actually really like it's that phenomenal I well, you've you've seen it, it. yeah yeah. yeah, you're the other person who's seen this. Wow. Yeah, because it it was just recently on one of the streaming services, so I took it on late. late oh, interesting. Night. Nice. I, yeah, absolutely. I would say check that out. It's it's not the same vibe exactly as San Junipero, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. Just just it's worth a watch. Yeah, I I think I had tried it like a long. I'd only watched like the first first third or something mm-hmm. at one point, so I was I wasn't really like as into it. And then I went back and I watched the whole thing all the way through and i was like oh shit <laughs> this should have done better than it did probably yeah it's it really was like the, there was that uh nicholas cage movie that came out recently mandy uh that i watched and i got about about a third of the way through that and i'm like okay where are we going but my wife's like you have to stick it out you have to stick with this movie and then yeah just picks it up 100 percent. like okay now i get it okay <laughs> um i think the nines is one of those Definitely. You got to stick with it. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and close it out for the night. It's been two hours talking about a one hour episode of the, of Black Mirror. But uh, Matt, I've had, I've had a really good time talking to you tonight. Man. I've had a great time talking with you as well. That's cool. So uh, just is there anything that you want to promote? Uh, anything that the listeners should check out? or uh, Just follow me on Twitter. Uh, not spam, I promise. Is my, <laughs> what a great Twitter is, handle. Is my username. I, I work in digital marketing, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to be... But I'd still like to post about the pop culture I love. I like watching Big Brother and some other random shows. I'll be posting about some of the Bravo Real Housewives kind of stuff occasionally, too, if you're into that. Um, and you've got some photography that you've done up on Instagram. Uh yeah, I used to I used to do some photography semi professionally, and then now I've just mostly work in uh, digital marketing. But I like to keep that up as a hobby, and always looking to yeah. do uh, different sort of shoots and stuff. Obviously, it's been a little hampered. Yeah, it's a little tricky in these times. So yeah, thank you, Matt, for joining us on the show, and this is how I end it. Goodbye. <laughs>